You're listening to episode 390 of the UAV Digest. I'm Max Flight. And I'm David Vanderhoof. Hey, Max. I just, looking at the show notes, realized we are 10 episodes, 11 weeks away to our 400th episode. Who knew that this little show was going to last this long? I know, I know. I'm, I'm quite amazed myself. Uh, we're not as far along as our uh, episode count on Airplane Geeks, but still, boy, this is uh, unexpected. 400 episodes in our little lark of a um, show. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that means? That means that I've produced over 1,000 podcast episodes. Oh, well, yeah, more than, probably even more than that. a bit more. It's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, because not only Airplane Geeks you've produced, but you've also produced UAV Digest and um, Runway Girl. PaxX Podcast, that's right. PaxX. So you're probably closer to 1,500. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's talk drones, David. All right. Let's talk drones. Let's stop stop patting ourselves on the back. Uh, Topics. Best cities to fly a drone. Guided drone delivery drone, guarded cargo delivery drones. Okay, that was glided cargo drill. Guided drones. Guided cargo delivery drones. Yeah, but they're guided gliding cargo delivery drones, I guess. Maybe that's the way it should be. It should be gliding, but bringing power to those without, sailing the Gulf Stream, and airline plans for drone delivery. Protecting the Pope from a rogue drone. That was a blessing in disguise. And DJI's <laughs> oh, DJI's pulling the plug on lots of support for lots of their items. Interesting note is when we start going over that list a little bit, it's amazing how many years DJI has DJI has been around. So but let's get started with what are the best cities. For flying a drone and one you should definitely avoid. Well, I, Max, this was kind of interesting. I have to admit, my old stomping grounds made the list. Yeah, these are cities with drone-friendly areas as well as photographic views, scenic views. And most of these locations are in unrestricted Class G airspace. But the article... I guess it's it's almost like a sort of a travel guide in that it tells you what you can find that might be of interest to drone flyers in each of these cities. And as you said, David, the, the first, I don't know if it's number one, but it's at least the first city mentioned your stomping grounds. Yeah, Philly. Philly is good for cheesesteaks and drone flying. And also of note, the opposite side of the state, Pittsburgh. We then go to our co-host city, Rob Mark, um, Chicago, Illinois. Our main, main, main maniac city of Bar Harbor, Maine, Houston, Texas. But this should come as no surprise to anybody who knows anything about drones. There is a worse city that you probably don't want to attempt to go flying in. That's right. And you, like you say, you can almost guess what this is going to be. It is, of course, Washington, D.C. Uh, too many restrictions. That's just a bad place to fly a drone. Don't even think about that. You know, it, also, you probably want to stay away from New York City, yeah, especially this time of year, too. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting article. It'll give you, if you're going to be in one of those cities or in that area, this will give you some, uh, some tips, I think, some ideas for wh- where you might be able to, to go flying and get some, some great footage. Yay, let's hear it for Philly. We're not bad all the time, folks. So the next story is these gliding drones could deliver supplies for the Air Force from Air Force plane to the battlefield. You know, what's old is new again, Max. You know, we were using gliders in the 30s and 40s, and looks like we're going back to gliders this time, though. Pilotless. This comes from the drone maker Silent Arrow, and they just won a contract with the Air Force for 15 of these precision-guided cargo delivery drones. Now, this is under a small business innovation research phase two contract. And Silent Arrow, you may recall us talking about the GD2000 glider from these folks, the GD and 2000 representing glider disposable 2000 pounds. And that's a large platform. And the idea under this contract is to scale those down to a new product. The new product will be called the Silent Arrow Precision Guided Bundle, the SAPGB. It'll be initially equipped, developed as an autonomous cargo delivery glider designed for side door and multi-unit swarm ramp deployment. So most cargo airplanes have jump doors. Uh, On the C-130, there are two doors towards the rear on either side of the aircraft um, towards the rear besides the ramp. So you can deploy it via the jump doors um, or you could deploy it in large packages through the cargo door. And they are intending that uh, this new product, the SAPGB, will be compatible with a variety of different uh, aircraft. Anything from a small, relatively small Cessna caravan to to a C-17, to a full-size C-17 transport. 500-pound maximum weight, 350-pound cargo capacity. This is, uh, it's not huge, 39 inches long. And the interesting thing, like its big brother, the GD2000, is it comes in a box. Yeah, you push out the box, the wings are unfolded, and the nose and nose cone and tail are attached. So basically you put it all together and you, then you kick it out the side of the airplane. It's a, like a flying box. And these are also designed to be dropped from uh, from high altitudes at fast speed. So th- this is not a, uh, a kind of a thing where the aircraft makes a low pass and, and you toss it out. These things are meant to be deployed from high altitudes and then uh, flown to wherever the location is where they need to deliver the supplies that it carries. Which would make sense because, I mean, if you're going to use this kind of delivery system, um, you're probably delivering to special operators or something like that or in a contested environment So um, to use all of the lingo, so i.e. a firefight. So uh, you um, want them to get down quickly and you don't want to endanger the transport aircraft. So pretty neat technology. Um Wonder, Max, when um, Amazon will come along and take this, this route also with, with, for their delivery, you know, disposable package delivery drones. 
<laughs> so Power Drones, Toyota supplier, tries novel fix to disaster outages. This is from asia.nikkei.com. Um, Japanese automotive supplier Asian has a concept for a disaster relief drone that could deliver power to areas that are cut off from the grid. This is pretty interesting, Max. It, you don't think of drones delivering power. I think it's ISAN, A-I-S-A-N. I'm pretty sure it's ISAN, but uh, someone... Oh, well, you're the, you're the Japanese expert, so I'll defer to you. Now, these are gasoline-powered, and they contain a large, I guess, onboard battery. And the gasoline engine also charges the battery besides providing power for flight. It does have a quite a long flight time, 180 minutes of flight time, 15 kilometer per hour top speed. But the idea is that when you have a disaster area, uh, cell towers are down or the power grid is down or something like that, that you could fly one of these to that area. Uh, actually, you'd probably fly a lot of them to that area. And then the battery on the ground now could provide power for lights or to recharge uh, phones or anything uh, of that sort. And they note that, it, and if gasoline is available on site, that uh, this, uh, this drone could then be used as a, as a power generator. You could run it to generate electricity for uh, whatever your needs are. It's a power generator with wings. Exactly. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, although after years and years of going to Oshkosh, I've associated power generators with Honda, not Toyota. But that being said, um, this is kind of this is kind of cool that, you know, and it always seems to be disasters are have been a target market for drones, either observation or to provide power or um, communications. And we suffered major disasters over the last couple of weeks here in the States, that kind of target. So it, this is another way of getting supplies downrange quickly um, without uh, manned. However, it's not going to work really well in Japan, is it? Initially, uh, perhaps not, because uh, Japan has uh, a ban on BV loss flights. And so obviously this is a, a, a BV loss kind of, uh, a kind of mission for, for something like this. Uh, but the article notes that uh, they expect that the uh, beyond visual line of sight ban might be lifted as, as early as next year, 2022, uh, looking toward or forward to some revision, some uh, some drone-related revisions to the legislation. So if that allows BV loss flights, um, then uh, this could have quite, quite the application. So let's talk about the Gulf Stream. Three ocean drones are going to be launched from Newport to spend six months gathering data from the Gulf Stream. This was from What's News Up 2021. So... Uncrewed surface vehicles, or USVs, have been sent on a mission to sail through the Gulf Stream. You know, Max, we were talking about this in Bahrain in the U.S. Navy um, a couple episodes ago, and this is another version of unmanned scientific exploration to boldly go where no drone has gone before. Yeah, the sail drone. 
uh, like you said, six months collecting data, primarily to assist with weather forecasting and carbon accounting. Uh, but this is an effort that's led by the University of Rhode Island, as well as the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasts. It's funded by a grant from the uh, Google.org Impact Challenge on Climate. So if you're out there in the Gulf Stream and you see one of these uh, strange, uncrewed surface vehicles sailing past, don't mess with them. Don't, yeah, don't mess with it. It's doing good. It's, do, it's doing good work. Um, definitely take some time and um, go to the show notes and look at this article because it's a really neat vehicle. I know that we we're supposed to be dealing with aircraft, but this is a really it's it's a very futuristic looking sailboat, you know, and it's a lot of pretty cool tech. I I was really impressed with and and some good diagrams and stuff. So I was really interested in this article from a geek standpoint. They also mentioned that these sail drones. Uh, should be able to survive in uh, extreme bad weather conditions, ones where actually crewed ships uh, would would not go out into. So they're pretty robust and able to handle this kind of you know, severe weather. So, you know, there's, there's kind of another um, application where these have an advantage over other means of collecting data. So... Now we're going to have ships going all over the globe, all by their little lonesomes, taking lots of data and sending it back all by themselves. Kind of a lonesome life for a drone ship. But. <laughs> I guess. So let's talk about India and SpiceJet. Now, probably a lot of our listeners don't know what SpiceJet is, but it's an Indian, Indian low-cost airline. Um, but SpiceJet plans delivery service for essential supplies in remote areas. And this is from the Times of India. So the domestic airline SpiceJet plans to introduce a drone delivery service to serve people in remote areas. But, you know, Max, I was a little kind of surprised at this because SpiceJet doesn't really have the best reputation as far as airlines go. <laughs> Well, maybe they can break out from that uh, reputation in this area. They plan to uh, use these drones to deliver medical and other essential supplies. These would be customized drones. They're looking at a kind of a family of drones with different weight capabilities so they could match the drone to the cargo. Uh, they say that initially they're going to focus on mid-mile deliveries, and maybe later they'll start to address the last-mile deliveries, but for now, the mid-mile delivery. It'll be run by the airline's cargo, SpiceX, or Spice Express, and um, it'll be a partnership with Throttle Aerospace for the drones and um, Aogic for the software management. You know, it, India's got an interesting environment to fly drones in. There's a lot of hot and high climate, so... There's going to be, it's going to be interesting to get these drones in and out of places that they're looking to get to, you know. So with their mid-mile technology, though, I don't think, you're not going to have a complete destination, but I'm sure there are going to be drone hubs that they're going to be flying to. Yeah, exactly. And 
they they really do anticipate a significant volume here. They talk about over 150 locations and delivering over 25,000 deliveries per month, which is a pretty significant uh, volume. And to uh, to your point, SpiceJet also says that they're going to set up dedicated drone ports. And I mean, that's if you're going to do the middle mile, that's kind of what you need to do. You need to have these hubs, like you say, drone ports at strategic locations. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting that an airline is <laughs> branching out in this way. Although I guess you you know you could say, well, they're also a cargo carrier, and this is just another aircraft to carry another kind of cargo. So maybe it's not that far away from their core competencies, but I don't know. It, it is quite a bit different. But, I mean, it's definitely a market where drone delivery would save time. You know, it's a lot of remote areas and a lot of need. So good luck to, good luck to SpiceJet. Um, let's hope their drone program is a lot better than their airline. <laughs> um, so our next story um, is kind of biblical in nature. Um, you know, it's a rogue drone removed from Pope Francis's mass in Slovakia. And this was from thehill.com. A mass led by Pope Francis with 60,000 attendees, 90 bishops, and 500 priests were protected by Defend Solutions. And what was really cool about this article was they did discover a rogue drone, but they were able to allow drones that were authorized to be there to fly in the airspace. That's right. The The system, this is the Enforce Air anti-drone technology system, had a view of all the drones in the area and to include those that were authorized and then this one that wasn't. They use something, they, they have a what they call a ground-level tactical kit, which provides 360-degree coverage. So it's a, it's a sensor that sits on a tripod on the ground. And it said, okay, so look, here are the drones in the area. And they consulted with the authorities and said, okay, all these drones are approved or authorized to be in that airspace, but this one is not. And so they took action against that rogue drone. They used a radio frequency cyber-based counter drone takeover technology, basically to bring down the rogue drone, which is kind of impressive because they could bring down the rogue drone, but not the rest of the drones. So this is really kind of interesting that the technology has gotten that mature that they could set up a temporary base station, work with the local enforcement to find out who was authorized and who wasn't authorized, and then... Um, with the unauthorized aircraft be able to disable it and bring it down safely. And basically this was done very quietly and it was only three months later that it was um, publicly announced. So really interesting on, on how much, how mature the technology has become for um, anti-drones yeah. or anti-UAS. One of the things about aviation, David, the aviation business or industry is it's really a, it's really a small world. And sometimes you see something about somebody that you know about and you, you know, you say, whoa, I know that guy. So in looking at this, 
this article about this defend uh, solution, uh, I saw that just today uh, there's a, uh, a, an announcement that somebody that we've uh, become very familiar with over the years has joined the Defend Solutions Advisory Board. A friend of Airplane Geeks um, and a overall really nice guy, which is um, U.S. Marine Corps Major, uh, Major General Charles Bolden or Charlie Bolden. And he was a he is the retired NASA administrator. And we've had him on Airplane Geeks quite a few times. I've had the privilege of personally interviewing him and uh, just one of the best guys, you know, one of the most down to earth people and um, a really, really wonderful pilot, astronaut, administrator. Um, and I'm sure he'll make a good um, person on for um, Defend. I mean, that that's that's a good get for them. We wish Charlie the best. All right. Next up, old DJI equipment. Yeah, this is from Drone DJ. The EOS or end of service is online for some of their older products. There's more than like 30 or 40 products, right? And some of them go back to where products that were back to 2015. And I believe, Max, some of these products I don't think I ever even ever heard of. Yeah, some of these I'm not familiar with at all. Most of them I, I am. This is this is the end of service timeline, which means that it's old products that uh, no longer have support, and it includes uh, some older drones. It includes a bunch of controllers, some gimbals, some transmitters, some motors, some other accessories. And there even it, was a speaker in there. Yes, yeah. There's some interesting stuff in there that I had never encountered, um, but it is pretty old. Some of this equipment. Production ceased in 2015. The newest stuff in here is, is items that uh, went out of production in 2019. But the um, the drones, maybe David, describe the drones that are included in this. Yeah, the drones are the Wind 1 and 2, the Spreading Wings S900 and S1000+, Plus, the Flaming Wheel ARF kit, uh, which is almost ready to fly, um, F550, F450, and F330. So I hardly remember any of those, but I'm sure we talked about them, Max. And this is not unusual for you know older equipment. I mean, if you have a 1932 Ford, you know you cannot go to your Ford dealer and expect support. In the technology realm, you don't have such a, a distant timeline. Um, but hardware, software, it's not unusual that they can only support it up to a certain point. And then they and the world have moved on. But, you know, if you've got an investment uh, in a, you know, S1000 or something like that or a flame wheel, you know, you have to make a decision. Do you want to continue to operate without without the support or, you know, is it time to write that off and, and go with more modern equipment? Although you, you may want to go with more modern equipment anyway because of the technological advances over the years. I really want to make a comment about A-10s right now, but I'm not no, going no, to. No, 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 don't worry. We talked about <laughs> A-10s earlier this week. 
But you do have a video of the week, David. We do. Um, and I thought this was seasonal. Last week, we looked at trees in New York um, that were fall foliage. Uh, this week, it's Michigan tree dro- Christmas tree footage. A jolly old video of, again, beautiful landscapes and basically a very, very large Christmas tree farm. Um, interesting. It's sort of interesting that you could see where the best Christmas trees are because there are like patches of clearing, whereas other trees are with large other trees around it. It's definitely an interesting video that you should look at. Yeah. Lots of uh, sort of graphic patterns uh, from uh, uh, the aerial view of this Christmas tree farm. And also uh, there's some really festive background music to this. So, uh, you know, you can put this up on your, uh, uh, on your laptop or stream it to your TV and, and listen to the, uh, you know, Christmas carols as your, you know, children play and all of that. Yeah, well, that's that's right. It, and it definitely is safe. As as with all of our videos, it is safe for work. You So feel free to open it up. So we did get some feedback, Max. Um, we got our, an email from Paul Braun, who is the founder of TATS, T-A-T-T-S, which is taking autism to the skies. And wow, Max, Paul was one of our first guests. And he writes to us, David and Max, quick update on us. We completed another season this year. The kids now are flying their own drones in addition to bringing ours. That's a lot of info available to this season's flying available on our website. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. If you would share it with your listeners. Also included a press release that they have created a TATS China. We're excited about that and, the, and proud of the group pulling it off. If you could share some of the info- news, we would appreciate it. Thanks again for pulling us into the podcast back in episode 32 so long ago. Yeah, wow. Um and I, I wrote back to Paul. Uh, Paul, you will definitely be on with us again in 2022. Um, you were one of the very first episodes where we were talking about drones for good. And this was definitely using drones to um, work with autistic children was a really neat program. And I'm glad that after all these years, you're still a success. Yeah, absolutely. Check out the links we'll have in the show notes to TATS. All right, David. Well, let's thank uh, everybody for listening to episode 390 of the UAV Digest. You can, of course, find us at the UAVdigest.com. And if you want to go directly to the show notes, you can go to the, the UAVdigest.com slash 390. And of course, you can find us all over the World Wide Web on Twitter at UAV Digest, on Facebook at facebook.com slash UAV Digest. You can email us at feedback at the UAV Digest.com. Also, if you want, you can join our Slack listener team. And again, you do that by sending us an email to feedback at the UAV Digest.com. And With that, Max, it looks like we've got one more episode of 2021. It's definitely been a weird year, but I'm looking forward to a really good year in 2022. 
You can only get better. You can only get better. So with that, I'm going to say this is David. And this is Max. Thanks for listening.